My name is Ray Ronan and I wrote a book with my kids. It changed everything. This is our journey, our story. What will your story be? Hi, it's Ray. Don't know what time it is where you are. Morning, afternoon, evening or night time. But I hope you're having a great day. And today, just want to talk quickly about our podcast name change. We changed it from how to write a book with your kids, write a book with your kids to single parenting, co-parenting podcast. Because we seem to be talking a whole lot more about that than writing a book with your kids. Although that is something that we're going to keep referring back to and looking at because it's connecting with your kids and helping them, which helps you, which helps everybody. That really is the primary aim of this podcast getting some advice and tips and helping each other out, letting you know as a single parent and a co-parent that you're not on your own. Which can be probably one of the most important things that you can realize when you get into that situation. Hi, it's Ray here. I don't know what time it is where you are. Morning, afternoon, night time, whatever time of day it is. I hope you're having a great day. And just want to talk to you a little bit about, first off, about the name change for the podcast. Yeah, it was called um, Write a Book with Your Kids. Now it's called Single Parenting, Co-Parenting Podcast. Because that seems to be the direction we're going in. And although that is the case, we're still going to be talking about a lot about our writing a book with the kids as a way to connect with them. But I want to be able to bring people on and talk to them and get their advice and hear from you too. About the things that you've used to cope with your situation and coping with the change that's happened and yeah we want to talk a little bit about that right so let's say it's d-day and you're very close to d-day the day that it's happened divorce day or the difficult day or the day that you discovered that the relationship was over or that the day that you were told that it was over or the day that you moved out or decided to move out everybody knows that moment when the realization comes that the relationship is over and we'll call that our d-day now, how do you cope with that? For me, I can talk about because it's four or five years down the road, and I first off want to say, look, this label that we have, you know, I was introduced as a, a divorced guy a few months ago in a bar, and I tell you what, I wasn't too happy about that, and I had words with the person afterwards, like, hey, come on, you know, um, that's really labeling me as something, and why? Does it matter, damn? And it wasn't that person's business anyway. And, you know, I had that label when I was a kid. There wasn't as many divorced people as there are now. Well, we didn't have divorce in Ireland. That was the thing, I suppose. It was a very difficult thing to be from a single parent family at that time. You couldn't get divorced in Ireland until the late 90s when we voted it in. Yet we're kind of behind the times. We do live on an island in the Atlantic Ocean. And it does have a bit of island island mentality in many, many ways that it is improving. Um, but I digress, and I'm going to get back to this. How do you... Let's say you're just not far past your D-Day. It could... When I say far now, for some people, it could be a week, it could be two years. And some people, it could be a whole lot more. But coping with those initial moments can be difficult. Um, in fact, for some, it is... For some people, it's the most traumatic thing they've ever experienced in their lives. For me, I think I'd classify myself there, that it was probably one of the most traumatic things I've ever experienced. 
So how did I cope with it? Couldn't get to the gym. I was a professional sports person. Fly airplanes for a living. I'm an author. I thought I know how to cope with life. But this hit me like a truck. And it's funny with the... Um, do you go out, they say you get a lot of exercise, get out there and, and work it out and do things like that. But I couldn't do that because the um, adrenaline and the hormones and pheromones are running, whatever run through you when you exercise was too similar to the feelings of anxiety and all that horrible stuff that was coming when I knew the relationship was over. Those two sensations were too close. So I put walking shoes on. I put the headphones on, I put an Audible account on my phone, audible.com, it's related to Amazon, and I started downloading audiobooks and did a lot of walking, and I went through quite a few pairs of uh, training shoes, until I discovered the beach nearby, well I knew it was there, but stuck with walking on the beach was my thing, so don't go through as many shoes now, I end up a lot of sand in the house and in the car though, but that's okay, but walking... Walking and listening to podcasts and listening to audiobooks. And facing this new thing, I realized, you know, that this, I know now for sure, is a ticket. It was a ticket. You've been given a ticket to something new. Now, that takes time for that realization to settle in. But keep that in your pocket, that this is a ticket, and you've got that ticket to a new life, which might be hard now to think about, but it really is. And that works for both sides, I'm sure. You know, my ex-partners. I'm doing quite well too, and I'm doing very well. And it was a ticket for both of us at the end. Now, so how do you cope? Lots of walks. You need some distractions. But you've got to make a lot of decisions in those early days. But you can't make decisions that are going to affect you for the rest of your life, such as financial um, investments, business investments, business decisions. Those things need to be put on the back boiler a little bit. You've got to be very careful because you are not going to be in a state of mind that will allow you to make those decisions. But you're going to, you're going to have enough to decide where you're going to live. How are you going to make money? How are you going to support you and your new family, which is your shared parenting family or your co-parenting family or your single, but could become a single parent family. I did find that Headspace is a really good app. That really helped me. And that's a, that's, you can find that on your phone. Great for meditation. And even if the meditation, your mind wanders a whole lot, but that doesn't matter. And you will learn that it's fine for the mind to wander when you're meditating. Even if you do 10 minutes a day, if you do 10 minutes every two days, you may not realize it at the time when you meditate, but it starts to work its way in. It's like exercise, it's like going to the gym. You know, you don't see results for weeks and weeks and people give up at four weeks. I don't see anything, but you've got to persist. And it's only when your body starts saying, okay, well, they're not going to give up. All right, then I'll start. I'm going to start getting into this program. And then the results start to happen. Same with exercise and in the gym and the same with doing meditation. And it's amazing that if you meditate for 10 minutes, sometimes during the day, that carries over for 24, 48 hours. And it's almost like 
resetting your emotional state and resetting your mind. Finding those things that help you when you first are near to D-Day or even sometime after, that's very important. Talking to friends, talking to family, really important. You have to talk it over, but at the same time, you have to realize that you don't want this to become your label. Yes, it can be okay to hang around with and meet other people who are getting divorced too and becoming divorcees, but if you are, you need to be with people who've already been in that situation for quite some time. Because if you're with people who are only recently divorced and separated, it's almost like a a critical mass. It's like a you know a black hole where everybody gets sucked in and it's going to be very difficult for you to claw your way back out of that because you tend to feed off each other's anxieties. You need to be around more positive people. You have to put yourself into a class with people and a teacher who are better than you. You wouldn't go to sit in a class with a teacher who knew less about things than you. So you need to be with somebody and surround yourself with people who know more about what you're trying to learn about than you. And you are trying to learn now with this new situation. So you need to be with people who have been through it and are at the other end. Not people who are right in the middle of it. They might That might give you some energy and some sort of release by talking with them and realizing that you're not on your own. That's okay. But part of that coping in those early days... Really, I, I, I promise that you need to be with people who have come out the other end. Same with, um, you know, anybody in any business that had businesses that collapsed. You know, they need to be with people who have had business collapsed and gone out the other side. Or cancer survivors, you know, you are out with survivors who have been through it and out the other side. But although it is good to be, meet people who are still struggling too. But don't surround yourself with, with those, you know, similar people in a similar situation. Too much and for too long. That brings me on then to um, a couple of books that I think that might be really, really good for you to listen to. Either read them or listen to them on Audible. As another, this one, take from it what you want about the title of the book. Um, It's... Because it doesn't say anything about you, me, or anybody else about how your situation developed or how you are where you are. And now it's called Forgive for Good. Forgive for Good by Dr. Fred Luskin. That's L-U-S-K-I-N, Dr. Fred Luskin. Now, that it's really interesting, the uh, Forgive for Good book, because let's say it doesn't matter what it is that's happened to you in your life. Let's say you had a parent you just can't get beyond on how they treated you. You need to forgive that person. And the very interesting thing about this, and this was a big discovery for me, was that you don't have to actually tell that person that you forgive them. And in fact, often than not, it's probably better not to. So you, by forgiving them, you actually create a bridge for yourself. And on the other side of that bridge is freedom for you. Because you're no longer a victim to what happened. You're no longer a victim to anything that they did because you've forgiven them and you're moving across that bridge to freedom. 
and then you become your own person. You're no longer a victim, which is something we'll talk about in another day. Um, and you can forgive yourself as well. That's really important. If you've decided to end a relationship and you feel bad for that, you know, especially if you're Irish, the Irish guilt thing brought on because we're, we're so embedded with Catholicism here, you know, we have an awful guilt complex here in Ireland for some reasons, you know, um, that can be difficult. So if you're Irish, the Irish guilt thing, um, I feel for you because it's going to be harder for you probably than anybody else. Uh, but forgive yourself too. And again, it's another, you're creating a bridge across to that that new place which is your freedom and another great book too is this uh, if you if you've got kids it's called scream free parenting scream free parenting by hal runkle r-u-n-k-e-l such a great book and you don't have to be screaming to be uh, verbally and loudly to be screaming you know you can be acting in ways that you don't want to act with your kids because they know how to push buttons. They really do. And a very interesting quote from uh, Hal Runkle's book. He's super. I think I think what he's done is amazing, helping so many people and helping so many families that have events. Is that in Scream Free Parenting, he talks about uh, how you are not responsible for your children, but you're responsible to them. So you're not responsible for the decisions that they make. You're not responsible for what they do and for their, I suppose, for how their, their, their makeup. But you are responsible to them. You're responsible to helping those kids in many, many ways in their education and in their upbringing and their outlook. So you're responsible to them and not for them. Because if you don't give them the freedom to be a rounded, grounded, uh, well, um, I suppose, you know, rounded person, if you remove that from them, then you're not doing them any favours. So you're responsible to them to show them the way, but not responsible for their, for how they are and how they turn out. At the end, really interesting book, and that really helps as well. So a couple of point is there really good on audible as well hal reads that book on audible and he does a great job and fair play to him well this podcast is going on past 13 minutes i'm trying to keep them down to 10 minutes but i'm not doing too well on this one but let me just touch again on how you might be coping with things right now d-day it's a new thing for you perhaps you know get your headphones on get your deep breathing take Deep breaths. When you park your car somewhere, or you're on your way somewhere, turn the engine off and sit there for 30 seconds for a minute and take a moment and realize where you are, that you're alive, you're healthy. And you've got your kids, even if it's only gonna be for restricted times, remember that that's gonna be for both parents you know, even if you're only getting them every second weekend, which may be what you can cope with because of your working situation. Or maybe it's more like me with I'm 50% of the time, co-parenting, co shared parenting, because that's what I insisted on. That's what I made sure that we did. And it's very rewarding. 
so you have your health, you have you, you have your kids, and you have this ticket in your back pocket that you were given, that we talked about earlier on. Take that ticket out. And I challenge you now to hold it up, hold that ticket up, and look at it. That's your ticket to freedom that you've been given. And you may not realize it now, um, not like Charlie did in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He knew what he was getting. In fact, no, actually, he didn't. He didn't realize what he was getting. If you think about it, in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, he thought he was getting this golden ticket to go and visit the factory, right? And to get a lifetime supply of free goodies and sweets from the factory for him and his family. Spoiler alert. But it wasn't all he was getting. He was getting financial freedom for him and his family because it was a ticket to eventually owning the factory, right? So you don't realize that that ticket you've got in your pocket, which is now hopefully holding it out in front of you, imaginative, right? Hold it there. This is your ticket to freedom. And we will work with it along the way and show you how most of us have used that ticket to freedom and made a new life for yourselves. It's your story. You rewrite it. And there's going to be a good ending. I know it. I can feel it. And you, but you have to make that choice. So in the meantime, I hope that all my rambling and uh, chatting here has given you some something to think about and something that will help you along your way. In the meantime... Why don't you come along to write a book with your kids.com and have a look at what we're doing there and I will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to our story. Hope it helps yours. 